You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for hanging out here with me on the pod. Man, I got a fun episode and a hopefully a thought-provoking episode. I wonder if the thumbnail of this episode is what will cause people to either listen or not listen to this episode because when I saw this particular episode of Atlanta like the whole season was so so good but season three episode nine was amazing Donald Glover directed it he wrote it and the the point of view of this particular episode was just wild. And the performance stood out. The, the main character in this episode is a character named Aaron who's played by Tyreek Withers. And the way that he played it, he played it with a lot of heart, a lot of passion, a lot of wonder. And then a lot of funny. A ton of funny. If you are on Twitter, here's what I want you to do. I say GIF. Some people say GIF. But if you just look up, if you go for a GIF in one of your tweets and you just type in Tyreek Withers, T-I-R-I-Q, you will see the end of this episode out of context. But I will tell you that the episode itself is amazing and you you need to watch it. The whole the whole season 3 I think people should watch, but particularly season 3 episode 9. If you have not watched it, I want you to hit pause 
on this episode and go watch it and then come back. All right, you're back. So now that everyone has seen the episode, I'm so excited that I reached out on Twitter and I was like, look, man, I don't know if you're doing interviews about that episode, but I need to talk to you about that episode. And he was like, for real? I was like, yeah. Yeah, bruh. Need to talk to you about it. So he was nice enough to say, yeah, let's make it happen. Now, he's been working as an actor for a minute. And I'm glad that he's getting more, and he will end up getting more opportunities based solely off of this episode because he was so good. He, he models on top of acting. He's on a couple of different shows right now, but I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to, people are going to be like, we're going to look back on this years from now and be like, yo, this dude, this is the moment right here. So we chopped it up and we talked about that episode and what it meant to him. And the, the reason that I thought it was interesting to reach out to him was because I saw on Twitter that the episode meant something to him as a, a mixed-race child with ambiguous racial features. The hell that he must have gone through and his family went through, it played out in the episode. His approach to the character of Aaron, it showed, and it was so good. So I had to ask him about it because these are, as our republic becomes browner, like the browning of America, the the way that people out are mixing, there, there needs to be heavier conversations about subjects like this. And shout out to Donald Glover for doing it. Like the, the idea of what is black and the idea of being an African descendant of enslaved people, does that make you black? Asking those questions. Can an African immigrant relate? And honestly, there are disconnections in the black community, in the black diaspora between black Americans and black Canadians and black people from the Caribbean and black people from Africa on what we define as black. Michael Che's show, that damn Michael Che, I send my, you know, my best friend Afia is, is, is obviously black. And, and she's African. She's, her parents are from Ghana. And there's this scene in, in Michael Che where there's a black American man dating this African woman. And it, it, it's basically a take off of Taken. And it's hilarious. By the way, if you didn't know, Liam Neeson is also in this season of Atlanta. If that might convince you to check it out, I don't know if it would, but what he did in his episode was hilarious too and poignant. 
and on point. So, I needed to talk with Tyreek about this and see what he thought about it all. But, in doing my research about him, I know that he started off as a football player, believe it or not. And it's on his Instagram. But I couldn't pass up this opportunity to talk with this dude, and it turned out great. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you're someone who loves Donald Glover, I think you're going to appreciate the episode even more. And you're going to appreciate the type of artist that Donald Glover is even more. But me and Tariq Withers talking about his star turn on Atlanta Season 3, Episode 9, right here on the House of L Podcast. Before we do that, before Got we it. talk about that, what's up with them Knowles, man? What's up? Go ah, uh, Knowles, baby. <laughs> so, I, yeah, that's why I went for undergrad, and I'm currently in school for uh, getting my MBA from uh, Florida State, but I'm doing that online while pursuing the acting and whatnot. So uh, I graduated with uh, my uh, a BS in marketing and management. I originally went to Florida State as a biochemical engineer. <laughs> and I, I kid you not, 48 hours on campus, I'm like, no, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> and I went right into the business building and I switched my major to finance. And then about a semester or two into finance, I failed my first class. And I was like, finance might be a little too difficult. And if anybody who knows business, uh, marketing is like a cop out. So uh, I did marketing and management. And now I'm getting my MBA. So well, uh, good. But what about the football, though? I, I knew he was getting there. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I'm, I, I'm, when I'm not doing my podcast, I'm a sportscaster. So, yeah. So. I played uh, in 2016. Uh, I walked on. So I had a few offers. I, I grew up playing soccer. And then uh, I was like, you know, I'm kind of good at football. I was a kicker in middle school. And then I switched to wide receiver. And then 2016, that's why I, I, I was headed to Davidson College. You, are you familiar with that? College? Yeah, where Steph Curry went. Yeah, that that was their selling point. They're like Steph Curry, you were here, you know. I'm like, all right, I'm here to play football. Uh, but then I, I I visited Florida State, and I was like, oh, I kind of like it here. And I decided to walk on when I got to Florida State, and that's when Jimbo Fisher was the coach, and he was uh, he was a coach. I tell you that, and uh, just being around <laughs> such dominant players as an 18 year old, 17 year old, 18 year old, uh, it was just a dream come true in, on t in terms of like the sports side of things. Uh, and then we won the orange bowl that year. So I got a ring and it, <laughs> it has my name on it. Did I play? I, you know, <laughs> you practiced. I practiced. We actually scored more points than any team we played against as a, uh, you know, cause you know, the, the practice squad plays against the ones and twos for defense. Um, so we, we, we put up more numbers than like UF, uh, that's crazy. That's yeah. a crazy stat that the <laughs> scout team at Florida State did better than the op actual opponents. Absolutely. My first game on the team, I don't know if you remember, it was against UNC, uh, and they won by a field goal. And it, that's when Showtime was filming the documentary. Yes. Um, 
and I'm just in the documentary, like my first day, like my first game on the team, I'm just like, oh, we got this one in the back, you know? And then they kick a field goal and it's like the last minute field goal. And you just see my face just go, and like, <laughs> they, start, they start throwing the war chant, running down the sideline and you just see the whole team demoralized. So yeah, it was an experience. Um, so yeah, aren't you? You're on the show, the game too, right? I've seen you on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I was on uh, the game reboot for season one. So, uh, so your football experience gets to kind of pay off a little bit. Yeah, uh, for the game, they actually have me playing quarterback, but I could throw. But there's nothing like, like a QB who actually played QB. You know, I played wide receiver. So when I went on set to throw, you know, I'm throwing decent. But they had a former backup UGA quarterback come in, and he's just throwing. It just looks like the ball's on a zip line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, makes sense. So some some scenes you could see where I'm in it, and then you could see, all right, that's the backup quarterback. So it, it definitely helped a little bit. And just knowing the energy of a football player and what it's like in a locker room, it, it helps. Yeah, man, I see you out there trying to steal Jamison's girl. I see, I see, I see what's happening out there. I see what you're trying to do. I see. <laughs> yeah, that was such a fun scene. It's just the cast on that is amazing, and just the whole. I grew up watching the game, so me too. It was, it it was a dream come true when I got to play on the the new Paramount Plus series. So get to get to hang out with Leak Leak, man. There's nothing better Leak than Leak. that. That's a yeah, good he's man. A, he's a dope person. Jose is a dope person and just learning from him and like um, you know, Tasha Mack, you know. <laughs> Can't beat it. Like Wendy. that's a that's a such a good show, man. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're succeeding. And so like seeing you out here in, in this particular episode with Atlanta, how how did how did they come to you with hey, we've got this really out there concept and we think you'd be perfect to play this role of Aaron. So, all right, it, it might sound like very simple, but, you know, as an actor, you have an agent. You know, an agent is uh, the one who's like the liaison between projects and the actors. They kind of ser- serve as a buffer so it filters out unprofessional projects, you know, things of that nature. And... Honestly, you audition, you send so many self-tapes that they, it just comes through, and then you get this one audition, it's Atlanta FX, and you're, like, just reading the breakdown. It's very vague because, uh, you know, discretion is, is necessary, especially with the TV show of this stature. Uh, so I get the breakdown, and I don't – it doesn't say what it's about. It doesn't say what episode it's going to be. It's a guest star. So I'm thinking – Hey, I'm gonna have a few scenes in this one episode. I don't know what season three is like. So let me go ahead and do these auditions. And the auditions that I had to do were the the one where I'm in the car with my dad. That was number one in the ending scene. So I think, I don't know if you remember the ending scene, uh, but I send the audition off to my, my agent. And two days later, they're like, hey, they pinned you. And when you're in the industry, pin means it, it's, it means it's between you and another actor. So you you kind of like, oh, I got it, but you don't put your hopes into it. And I was actually on set for the game and um, I get the call from my agent, hey, uh, Atlanta booked you for this and these are the dates. But this is, you still don't know what you're working on. Right. Like, hey, these are the scenes, this is what you're gonna be doing. 
It's not until they send you the full script a few days later, that's when I read the script. And I'm just mind blown because I've, I've watched Atlanta seasons one and two, but I never knew the anthology style that they were trying to tackle in this season three. Um, and if you watch interviews, Donald Glover wanted to just storytell and tell many stories. And that's what he wanted to do. And that's why you have four standalone episodes in season three. And I'm just reading this script. And when I read that first scene, you know, when I'm playing video game, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Like, this is intense. It's like, like uh, it tells my life story in a certain way that mm -hmm. I connect with so personally that it was almost undeniable. And I, you know, I was uncomfortable with the first scene, but I, it just had to be done. How did you get past that, that discomfort? Oh, okay. Uh, so there, there's a great saying that goes seek counsel. Uh, it says that in the Bible, I'm not sure of your faith and whatnot. So, um, that's what I did. You know, I have mentors in the industry. Uh, even my agent, I asked, I was like, Hey, how do you feel about this? What is, uh, I'm not really comfortable with this, but as an actor, I, ha I had a conversation with Donald Glover after everything. And it kind of helps with this thought process. Now, uh, he said, are you an entertainer or an artist? An entertainer is seeking to please everybody. An artist it just wants to tell beautiful stories in their own way. Mm. So looking in hindsight, I looked at the first scene and I looked at the last scene. The first scene was so intense that it was to, it's, it was to, to grab the viewer like, oh, what is about to happen? And so I juxtaposed the first scene to the last scene and deemed that it was necessary for me to commit to this one scene and give it my all. And once I once I looked at it in that that realm, I was like, yeah, it has to be done because like, this story wouldn't make sense um, to, to see the light. You have to go into the dark. You know what I'm saying? So that juxtaposition between the first and last scene just made the episode much more beautiful to me. And I, I just, you know, I, was, I decided I was like, OK, let's do it. And, um, you know, the Atlanta cast and crew, they made it so comfortable for me to like perform and they knew I wasn't comfortable with doing it, but you still, <laughs> you still have that, that ah, I don't feel like doing this. And I remember the day going in, I was so nervous and they're like, yeah, let's rehearse it. And yeah, and then the rest was history. So, so. for you, and you talked a little bit about this on Twitter, like the episode was important because of the things that you've gone through at growing up. So Absolutely. what parts of Aaron did you relate to personally? Um, so personally, the, the struggle, I, I say you know, when he announced the, the scholarship, I related to that um, a lot because um, growing up, you just never know where you fit in. You know, like you're not white enough, you're not black enough. You know, um, and over the years, I, you know, I had an identity crisis of like, damn, I just don't know. And just trying to figure out which table to sit at, I just decided just to sit. You know, I'm not looking for anybody's approval for this and that. Um, and so I say I, I really connect with that, that, that frustration that he went through when they announced the, the scholarship for Black students, because I never feel Black enough and I never feel white enough. 
you know, um, I, I, I stick out like a sore thumb in e each section, you know, like my vernacular that I use. Um, the, the ending scene I connect well with because that's just, that, that was more aligned with how I, I talk and whatnot. That's just how I uh, deliver my lines and like in real life. And I connected well with that. And it, it, it's funny because a lot of people thought that scene was me acting, but that scene was a lot easier than every other scene before. Um, and I also went to school to Florida State uh, off of a, a scholarship for underrepresented uh, groups in higher education. It was called CARE, Center for Academic Retention and Enhancement. So I related in that aspect where I actually did get the scholarship. Um, so that it, it's crazy how aligned with my life it was to a certain extent, I'd say that. In, in the scene where you basically have to prove your blackness like did that did that resonate with you because because like it's a microcosm i'm sure of like stuff that you've had to deal with your whole life absolutely that scene it was like a nightmare come true in a way where you know you're always trying to prove your your blackness and you don't even have to specifically look like me where the white passing uh, is the predominant factor in your life. It, you know, I have friends. I was playing, um, what's the one black card revoked, right? And the the question was like, when should you come home? It was like when it gets dark, when the sun comes down, or when the street lights come on. Everybody knows when the street light comes on. You supposed to be in the crib. Um, and then my friend, she's from Jamaica, and she picked like when the sun goes down. And then everybody's like looking at her like, girl, what? And then she was like, well, we didn't even have streetlights back in Jamaica. So it, it's crazy to see that like, not even just, you don't have to look like me. You could be full African-American and still fight to like prove your blackness. It was, that was a great, that scene with you and the African student. Where yeah. where you have that moment, where you're like, oh, um, I get why they didn't give you the scholarship because you haven't lived the Black American experience, mm -hmm. and having you to discuss it from your different points of view, I thought was some really like it was funny and it was sad and it was powerful. Where the two of you are each in the situation where you have to almost prove your blackness to each other. It, it was yeah. fascinating. Absolutely. And I, I give all the credit to Donald. Like, he wrote this. He, he had the, the, the direction, you know, when at performing this episode, one of my first lead roles, and he just made the set comfortable enough. And he helped us as actors and creatives understand what is exactly is going on in this instant. And, like, this is real-life issues that – He's not trying to like just throw out your face. It's kind of such Subtle. a creative way that you have no choice but to be like, wow, like I've never really thought of it like that. And it's it's a true, it's a true instance of like he's uh from Nigeria. He's Nigerian blood, but he grew up not having that black American experience. So it was a fun scene to to understand and perform. So you have one unheard message. <laughs> 
Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How'd your family react to the episode? Oh, what? <laughs> I, so my dad, he, he was, he was just, like, it's funny because his reaction to the episode, like, he gets so hype over the 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 film and tv and just you can hear him talk about it because he keeps talking about how people would uh come up to him and like you know instill those thoughts in his head like oh those aren't your kids those aren't this and that and uh, just to hear him be able to have this sort of validation of this episode be like his like oh here's this is exactly what i've been telling you guys um, so I, I kind of, I resonate with him in that aspect because um, I know it wasn't easy ra raising a, a ethnically ambiguous white passing, you know, um, child. And I know that a lot of people, a lot of people tried to check him and like, oh, those aren't your kids and da, 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 da. So his reaction was excited, but like there's this calmness to his like voice listening to him talk that like, he was like, yeah, this is like true. And my mom, she was super stoked. Uh, we all had a premiere. She was just like in tears watching the, the episode because it, it is my reality and it is something that me and my brother went through. And just, I don't I just felt like I was super proud of what, what I accomplished through this episode. So, so they were proud of it. You seem like you were really proud of it too. What what do you think was the the thing that? I mean, look, man, you're gonna have a long career, right? Like, but right, right. I, we we we'll look back on this moment and like this is a moment for Tyreek. Like, this is a moment yeah. right, right here. So, what part of it makes you the most proud? Uh, okay, that's thank you for that question. Um, what part of it? So, when I got into this industry of acting. I recognized I had a certain level of privilege with my blackness, you know, because I am white passing, you know, that is privilege. Being, there's white privilege in what I look like 
And what I'm most proud of is I didn't want to come into this industry and coast off my whiteness. I wanted to tell, tell stories that align with who I am, you know, and I want to give, give like notice to the black, black experience and tell stories that align with the black experience. And uh, that's what I'm most proud of because um, like, it's, it's easy to just get lost in the, okay, let me just do these projects and um, coast off the whiteness. But no, I don't, I don't want to coast off the whiteness. I am Tyreek Withers, uh, a mixed man, black and white, you know, and I think that's what I'm most proud of. The last scene, man. <laughs> you an internet legend now, man. Like, come on, come on. You an internet legend. If people search your name on Twitter, on Twitter, on, on Twitter, man, they it's it's I'm be using that GIF all the time. Like, <laughs> so how fun was that last scene to shoot? Duh. Like, so it's the last scene of the project because I had to shave my hair. So it was like a whole transformation. Um, so I, I got there in the morning and they were filming something and nobody saw me when I cut my hair. Everybody's like, uh, they were like, oh yeah, he's gonna go cut his hair. I think I filmed the scene with my dad, went and got my hair cut and waited till that night to film. And nobody saw me. And I remember getting my hair cut and it was fun to a certain extent when they're cutting your hair, you're like, like, damn, I gotta go through with this. And I'm like, it's short enough. And they're like, no, shorter. And then cut it, and it's like, now it's a buzz. I got the like line up and it was fresh, but it was so short that I was just nervous how, how it looked. But it just goes to show how Atlanta has like the perfect people in the perfect positions because the artistic direction it's just beautiful from every department, from the art set dressing to directing to props. Um, but once I got once I got the set, we filmed. I forgot where we filmed at, but it wasn't a Best Buy. I can't remember the name of it. But we got in in the store, and I'm like walking in, and everybody's like, "Who's?" And like, like I'm this whole different person, and I, I I develop a new swag even just from a haircut. I'm like walking in, yeah, like what's, what's good, you feel me? Um, and it was just fun to just play a character. Like it wasn't even a character. It was like Donald gave the rock to Jordan. Ten seconds left. He was like have fun with it, and he wrote the last scene, and he allowed me to be free with it. Like fifty percent of that scene was just improv, like. I'm looking at her like that ass stupid. I know? love that line so much, man. Such a great line. And and the way that you tell tell your ex like to hold up like while you're handling been like it was just like the swag was on a million right then. Absolutely. And it it felt that way. First you, you go through a rehearsal, you're like, damn, I'm a little nervous. But then you just like you fall into it and he just allows the space of like, let's just try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Cause there's stuff I tried and it's like, yeah, maybe not like, let's not do that. Um, but he, he wrote this, the scene and I, I give credit to him because he out, he just let me have fun with it. Like the whole, I'm like, yeah, same old shit, different day. You know how it goes. Like that was just off the top. And it was just 
like that look into the camera. Like that was all Donald. I was a hey, <laughs> How many how many takes did it take for you to get hit it the right way that Donald wanted it? It won. Like get out of here. It was one cuz you you got to wait for the camera to get set up. There's so many different angles, but once he had that camera there, it was just one and you just every time people were la- dying laughing and you just know when people behind the cameras are laughing, you're doing something right because that that's what film and TV is. Like, okay, am I going to laugh watching it? And every time I do it and he was like, all right, just try something different. And I just kept trying something different. And it was just that, that one look. I think that was probably my first take that he used, but you know, you do takes for safety because you never know what you're looking for until you see what you're looking for. Right. Right. Um, And, you know, I was doing things where I made faces or like I did the, the, the iconic, like when Donald uh, earned in the show is like doing this uh, with the, the, the shush finger over his mouth and look into the camera. It's just all, you just try things. And that's one thing that I love about Donald. He just allows you to just be free. It feels like you, you really, you really took to like, like Donald setting it up for you and being like, Hey man, we doing art here. Like we're doing art here. And it, it seems like you, you took it and ran. Like you said, okay, this dude's giving me license. Like this guy who's a great artist is giving me license to mm-hmm. to be an artist. So what yeah. what did that mean to you to get that level of confidence from him that you could pull this off? So it, it meant the world because Donald, he's such an iconic creative that he's not afraid to make you feel uncomfortable. And I think he wrote this in a in such a beautiful way where like the whole the whole episode I'm just getting beat up you know what I'm saying like I'm just getting beat up I got my my girl broke up with me I'm getting drilled on like my blackness and part of that was like it, I just like everybody I, I was working around it, I I was this character who was just getting beat up who's getting beat up and then like he allowed me to just blossom in this last scene. And so I think the, just the knowledge of like, just shadowing him, watching him direct and how like free he is, like the the scene we had in the gym, he's like yelling things out to me, say this, say that, say this. Do you know how to say this? Do you know how to rap this song? Um, He was, what's the one song he was like, saw me banging in the sofa, it wasn't me. And I remember he asked me if I knew that question, I meant that song. And I start, I was like, nah, I can't, I don't. And then he's like, oh, you're failing. And just the spirit, the spirit of like, let's just try it. Let's just do this. Let's do that. And I see how his brain works. I see how he goes back and forth with his brother, Stephen Glover. Like uh, just, they just bounce ideas off each other. And they're just like, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? And they start laughing. And their motto is, if it makes me laugh, it makes everybody laugh. Mm -hmm. So it meant the world and it, like the confidence, it as I went on in filming, it just grew, you know, because I like he just wanted to tell this story in such a creative way that it you had no option but to just feel relaxed and confident in what you were doing. This is kind of a weird. I'm the way I'm going to phrase this is going to sound strange, but obviously, like you took a lot from this. Your Definitely. brother probably took a lot from this. Like this is Definitely. what you guys went through. 
Who do you think this episode is more for? Is it for kids like you? Or is it for the world to understand what's going on with kids like you? Ooh, uh, that's a great question. I think it's more for the world to understand um, because, like I said, it ties back into what I said earlier. It's not just kids like me. It's a natural, it's, it's, it's the way we think in terms of how Black are we. It's like we're never Black enough and we're all just trying to, to fit in. Uh, to some um, to some group, but instead, it's just black experience. Just looks like it 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 has its it's like a a tree, right? And the root of it is the black experience. And there's so many colors, shapes, sizes, leaves uh, to what being black is like. And I think it's more for the world to see that you know being black is beautiful, no matter what shade, no matter what ethnicity. It, it we all have a shared experience in that so yeah i think it's more for the world my dude i really appreciate your time i really Absolutely. do I, I i just i you crushed it man like you you Thank crushed you. this episode and i can't wait to see like the next thing that you do because i'm i feel like i'm looking at someone where like the light clicked on and and you were at the you were the right man at the right time in the right spot and now, like, the sky's the limit after you pull something like that off. And, I mean, I, I think that you're, like, Kevin Hart always jokes about, like, the, I, the concept of black famous. Like, you're 100% black famous now. But, like, 100% because everyone loves that show. But I just feel like it opened up a door for you, man. And I, I can't wait to see what happens when you walk through it. Thank you. That means so much to me. You know, um, you know, I'm not stopping. I'm working. I'm trying. Uh, just auditioning. Got a few projects coming out. And yeah, it's uh, it was a blessing to be on that show and to tell that story and work with such beautiful people and such uh, the odd. You know, I love the audacity that Atlanta has. The audacity to just tell this story, and we don't give a damn what you feel. You're going. It, we're doing we're not doing our job if we don't make some people feel convicted you know so i think that's what i love most about this project and it's a blessing and i appreciate your your your, your praise on the episode because you know as an actor you you try your your hardest to tell the story and you you kind of can't lean into what people say too much because if you live by the sword you die by the sword so if i do good on this project what about the next? And then like, if you look for validation in what people say, then you might have a project that didn't do so too well. And now you're looking for that validation and it's not coming through. So, I, but I really appreciate your, your feedback because that means a lot. And, you know, you have a very respectful opinion and viewpoint on, on this. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, man. And good luck with you with everything else you do. Don't get so big that the next time I hit you up, you're like, nah, Lawrence, I don't want to be on the podcast now. You know, I got an Emmy and I got an Oscar and all that stuff. <laughs> nah, I don't need it, man. No, 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 no. Definitely not. I'll shoot you over my personal contact so we could just stay in touch and, you know, we can hop on podcasts. And I might even have a podcast one day and just, hey, hop on. So That's what's up, man. We can we can talk college football. We can do all yeah. sorts of fun stuff. So. No, baby. <laughs> All right, man. Be well. Thank you so much for doing this. 
Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. That was really great. You know, sometimes when I'm getting the podcast together, I have these crazy ideas. <laughs> and after I watched this episode of Atlanta, I just reached out and, and I said, I've got to talk to you about this episode because I thought the whole season three of Atlanta was amazing. The anthology stuff that Donald Glover put together was important. I felt like it was, I felt like if you were willing, if, if you were a willing individual and you really wanted to learn about how, how different and how similar we are when we talk about discussions of race in America, I always thought that there was an opportunity like in, in watching this one this particular season where you would get what you needed and you you would see the world in a different way and it might lead to you being able to ask better questions to try and figure some of this stuff out. I thought uh Tariq did amazing work on this. And hearing him be so open about the challenges of white being someone who's white passing or white presenting. And for those of you like, what the hell does that mean? It means someone that you wouldn't think is black. Halsey talks about this, the singer Halsey. She's black, but she's referred to herself as white presenting. So much so that when she posed on a cover of a magazine in her natural hair people were like oh you out here trying to steal black people stuff she's like no black person happened to be a black person just very light-skinned and and having an episode where you could talk about that and you could you could use the concept of defending your blackness is brilliant television. I love Atlanta. Like, whatever they're going to do, and I'm looking forward to season four, which I think starts up pretty quickly. Seeing the level of thought that Donald Glover put into this season was amazing. My guy, Tony Gill, says... He thinks that Donald Glover is a top five creative of all time. Like, he loves what Donald does with his music, what he does with his acting, and now, you know, what he does producing and directing. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far, but I, I, I will tell you, when I see the risk that he's willing to take to hold a mirror up to society, and talk about things in an absurd way. Whether we're discussing the what's clearly was what happened to him, what happened to Childish Gambino when he went to Europe, and, and then being able to filter that through Urn and Paperboy, I, I just think that it, it's... It's really amazing television. I've tried to convince everyone that I know to watch this season of Atlanta. And I, I would tell you to go back and watch seasons one and two. But honestly, you don't need to, especially the anthology stuff. 
the stuff that isn't the main cast, it's incredible television. And I'm glad that that they're out there pushing those boundaries and I think creating something very, very cool. That's the sauce right there, the stuff that they're doing in Atlanta, which is brought to you by Aurelio's Pizza. Aurelio's Pizza, you know it. It's the sauce. Go to Aurelio'sPizza.com and find a restaurant near you. And if you're thinking about maybe a job this summer or you have a, a young person that wants a job, Aurelio's is a great place for them to work. So Aurelio'sPizza.com. Man, I love it when an episode like that comes together. Thanks to, to Tyreek for being available and being open and being honest and being smart and thoughtful. And yes, there are pictures of him on his Instagram in his Florida State uniform and his championship T-shirt in the season where he didn't play and he jokes about it on Instagram. Wild, wild stuff. So please support that man in all of his endeavors. And I appreciate the support you throw our way. Check out the next episode or the latest episode of Sports Adjacent. Those guys are doing work. And I will talk to you next time. Hey!